Payments Podcast from Bottomline Technologies. Greetings and welcome to the Payments Podcast, where the number one story for this episode comes out of important developments taking place in the European Union. My name is John Gaffney. I'll be your host for a discussion centered around the long-awaited proposals for regulating instant payments among the EU member states, both current and future. Our format today will be just a slight departure from normal. I'm going to take a few minutes to provide some background on these proposed changes. Then we're going to turn to our subject matter expert for commentary. That expert is Bottom Line's Director of Global Marketing for Financial Messaging, Frederick Viard. Frederick has been on the case at Bottom Line since 2013 and is one of the most knowledgeable experts in the business of the complex world of cross-border payments. Fred, welcome to the podcast. So thank you very much, John. Happy to be here. Hello, everyone. And very, very happy to discuss this important topic about the instant payment coming reality in Europe. All right, great. Now, as I said before, um, before we get to Fred's observations, let's recap these changes. They were announced on October 26th, and the commentary has becoming fast and furious about it. I mean, according to the EU Finance Commission, about 10% of credit transfers in the EU are processed as instant payments. For cross-border payments, it's even lower. Why? Interoperability and confidence. The payment service provider of the payer and the payee must both use instant payments technology for the transaction to be successful. And many on both sides of that equation have bristled at adopting the technology for that lack of commitment. So no surprise then that a third of EU PSPs don't offer instant payments. And unfortunately, the consumers and businesses that could benefit from the immediacy of those payments and the resulting liquidity have been left in the lurch. Now, the current state of EU regulations rests on the 2012 SEPA regulations, which are obviously in need of an update. Now that update is here. There's four main aspects. One, it would make instant payments universally available in euros by six months after these proposals are approved. Two, it would make these payments more affordable, mandating that they stay in line with pricing models for non-instant transfers. Three, it would implement an obligation similar to the UK confirmation of payee, which requires PSPs to match the international bank account number to the name of the beneficiary. Four, it requires PSPs to verify their clients against the EU sanctions list on a daily basis. Okay, too much talking from me, but Fred, let's get to your uh, general take on these proposals. Do you think they'll do enough to move the needle for instant payments in the EU? I think it's very important to to continue improving the marketplace. Any mature marketplace need to continue improving and paving the roads for the future to have more financial services available, more speed, more visibility. So since we have still a fragmented landscape in the EU because this is this is a cross um, cross border because you have several countries in, involved in the right. EU landscape but you have one single currency but despite this one single currency the fragmentation between the various members still is still here and then it prevents to have an homogeneized landscape that helps to drive really instant payment across the EU so if we want to to have something which is much more harmonized we need to push a bit the marketplace to adopt the new technology and the new methods such as instant payment. So I think it will really help to move 
towards more homogenization across the EU landscape and to, to, to benefit to all the players across the EU to have this instant payment landscape as one single instant payment area. So I think it's a really good push in order to keep the marketplace competitive, innovative, and to remove some of the fragmentations to have really a European Union, European market as a single marketplace where everyone can have an instant payment method available uh, for any type of, of uh, payments they would like to make. Okay, well said. Now, nobody has objected specifically to the proposal. It's been well received. However, Payments Europe, which represents a lot of credit card companies, a lot of banks, has cons expressed concerns about the timeline. Now, in your opinion, are those concerns justified? I think if we if we look backwards, the the origin of the instant payment in Europe is dated 2017. So it's not new news. So it's something which already exists. So the, the marketplace had some time to accommodate that. So we are not starting from scratch here. We have the basis already available to make instant payment. The regulation here is to push everyone to adopt the instant payment across Europe. So I believe that the, the time frame is, um, is stressed, I agree, because if you have to do everything today, I think it's a bit, uh, a bit of a, a lot of things to do because uh, instant payment is, is going with a revisiting of the infrastructure, the platform infrastructure, the payment infrastructure, because you have to, to go very fast, 10 seconds, but you also need to be available on a 24 by seven basis. So it's, it's a crucial element to remain available at any time. So this is, a bit of a change in the way the, the, the systems are operating today. So I think it's really important to, to, to remain in that space and to be able to cope with these, these requirements. Now, you mentioned in the past that this is also an opportunity to get ready, to have a checklist and, and make sure your, your bank or, or even business is agile enough to uh, adopt these regulations after they're approved. Could you talk about that a little bit? Going back to the questions about the time frame, I think the yep. time frame is something which is um, stress, as I said, but I think this is something which is you can accommodate with that. But on the other end, I think that the point around the time frame is has to be seen also with with the delay that will be put uh, until the, the the law will enter into force. Because here is the proposal uh, which which has been announced. Then you have. The, the elapsed times to approve it that will last between six to 12 months. And then you have six months to be able to receive uh, the instant payment. And then you will need in the next phase to be able to send and receive instant I payment. Okay. So we are in a time frame which is around between now and, and two years that will drive us towards something which is 2025, which is aligned with most of the marketplace in the world who are moving towards an instant payment environment by 2025. So reducing, um, uh, or let's say at the contrary, expanding this timeline could drive the marketplace to be late compared to the rest of the world. Okay, we don't want to see that. And, and you know, you, you, you've talked about the advantages here, which we may be overlooking a little bit. I mean, I haven't heard a lot about real-time settlements. Can you talk about that a little bit? A lot of these instant payment systems over the world, they are working in a deferred mode. So then you, when you make a payment, you have, uh, let's say, uh, an interim period where the payment is covered by the bank, and then the settlements occur, let's say, one, two, three, five times a day. Within uh, the European context, you have TIPS, uh, who has a setup, which is the, the, the 
the, the clearing, the central clearing, they have set up a clearing for instant payment in real time. Meaning that as soon as you have made your payment, this is not only the payment which is covered by the bank, but the reality is that the, the, the money has moved from one account to the other. So this uh, immediacy of, of the settlement will probably help to increase the limit of this payment. But on the other hand, we will need to have all the other schemes, even those who are deferred in, in their settlement, to be still available and to be still part of the game. Because if we want to have this EU marketplace being reachable everywhere from, uh, from an IP instant payment perspective, we will definitely need to have a maximum reach in terms of the number of I-bands that you can reach. So it's not only about one system, which is a real-time settlement, but it is about all the other schemes which are around that, that should be part of the game if we want to have a maximum reach of all of that. So in instant settlement will probably help to have a higher limit, but the other schemes have still a play to, to they have a place to, to be in, in that context because they will help to reach a maximum number of IBAM across the EU uh, landscape. Interesting. So regardless of the timeline, there's going to be a lot of changes in a relatively short period of time. So let's talk about compliance. How would you counsel banks in the EU to keep pace with these changes? What do they need from a partner? I think that the, the compliance can be seen at several levels, but I would say since this becomes a mandate, they will really need to, to, to move, to, to move forward, to, to cope with this mandate of being able to support instant payment. So they will need to, to revisit their, their infrastructure, their architecture. And then here, the, the, let's say the technology providers such as us, we can really help because we can help to sort the problem around the 24 by seven, around the various steps that you need to process when you are processing an instant payment. We can manage also the standard because ISO 20022 is the de facto standard to be used in instant payments. So we can manage that. The life cycle of the various messages that are exchanged to, to ensure an instant payments to be, uh, to be settled properly. So all of these mechanics which goes around the instant payment, it's something that we can really help the bank with because we can really focus on the parts which are required to manage and to process an instant payment, while the bank will focus on, on its core business, which is around uh, everything else around accounting and all of that. So they can really rely on a third party to help them to, to plug the gap uh, in terms of availability, speed, and access to the various schemes, because you need to connect to these various schemes. So the technology provider can really help the bank to complement their, their landscape, their ecosystems to be part of this instant payment um, global ecosystem across the EU. Very well said. You know, we've talked in the past where you've, um, you've likened instant payments to 5G. I love that analogy. Could you, could you talk about that a little? Yeah, so, so I mentioned that because w when we talk about instant payment, you have some people asking, but do we need instant payment? So as I said, I think instant payment is not only about instant payment, it's also about uh, continuing uh, improving the marketplace, paving the road for innovation and for, for a more competitive landscape. But to the question, do we need instant payment? Of course, instant payment will not solve all the business cases on all the use cases. Some payments will still remain via a standard RTGS rail for, for some reason, and some other payments will move to our instant payment. But the comparison with the 5G is that, do we need 5G? I think we can watch TV via the standard telco uh, channel that we have today. But if you think 
in the future, you will have the Internet of Things, meaning that you will have much more players connected to the Internet. So at that point, the 5G will become a very nice tool to have to, to allow all these, these systems to, to talk to, together. So this is a bit the same for instant payment. It's not only about solving an issue today to have this uh, immediacy in terms of payment, but it's also about uh, future-proofing the marketplace and, and being sure that we are building the future, which will become definitely much more real-time. Yeah, I love that analogy. Very good. So here's the killer question, Fred. If you had a room full of 500 banking execs from the EU, what are two or three things you would tell them they need to do right now as these regulations play out? How do they get ready? So I would say the first thing is to make sure that they have the checklist so they know where they are going. So to make sure that they, they understand what are the requirements, they understand how ready they are in front of these changes. So that would be really the first thing is build this checklist, make sure you are ready. The second one is to really ensure that operationally speaking, what they will build for instant payments will allow them to keep uh, to, to provide a competitive price for this instant payment because otherwise if the operational model is not fit for purpose, the price will explode. So we don't want that. So it's about having something that will ensure that the cost will remain affordable uh, with, with an environment and ecosystem that can help to reduce cost. And the last one, which is for me a, a key aspect for any type of financial transaction, will be around risk and fraud. So making sure that the principle that you will use, that you will set up to prevent fraud are efficient, uh, are efficient enough. And interestingly, when you look at the, at the European um, regulation, there is a change because before that, let's say usually when you want to prevent some fraud, you have several tools, including sanction screening, which is about being sure that you have not blacklisted people into your transaction. These sanction screening has changed with the new regulation in the EU because it's not required anymore to filter any single transaction. At the, not at the contrary, but the principles are different and it is about having a KYC on a daily basis for every player in the chain, plus to have a control of the IBAN beneficiary check to make sure that you will send uh, the money to the right account and to the right beneficiary. So the principle are slightly different. And I think this is something that has to be considered carefully by the banks because this is not the usual way of, of doing the, the screening. This is a different way. And then this is important to have that in mind when you build your, your risk, your risk prevention system in the context of instant payment in the EU. I very well said. That's good. Uh, that's a wrap. That's uh, our payments podcast. This episode is titled EU Takes a Step Toward an Instant Future. Fred, I want to thank you for helping us here. Thank you very much. Okay, uh, that's Prayment Podcast. EU takes a step toward an instant future. Please listen to us on SoundCloud, Apple, or Spotify, where you get your podcasts. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. The Payments Podcast from Bottom Line Technologies.